Welcome to Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Vibe Queen. On the show, we will get to know artists, entrepreneurs, and coaches living life in their truth after experiencing an awakening. We'll talk about their journey, wisdom, and any tools they've learned along their path. Thank you so much for being here. Hello and welcome back. I'm so excited to have you here. Before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to give a quick update in regards to where Gianna and I left off. Uh, So since our conversation, we actually had a chance to work together and her podcast is going to be airing on March 15th of 2021 and it's called Heal the Collective with Gianna and I'm just so very proud and grateful and thankful uh, for the experience and just working with her. I know she's going to share so much wisdom. She has guests on her show and there's just going to be just so much light and love that um, people are going to walk away with after listening. So I just wanted to give her some some props and uh, shed some light and love on her show, Heal the Collective. So whenever you're listening to this, definitely go check it out. And uh, without further ado, we'll get into this week's conversation. Enjoy. I'm your host, Vibe Queen, and this week I have special guest, Gianna. Before we get into the episode, I just want to let you guys know if you're looking to start your own podcast, you can reach out to me at info at vibequeenmusic.com. You can see if me and my team can help. We set everything up for you. So if you're a spiritual coach, a healer, anything like that, and you think a podcast can help you connect to your audience, uh, reach out to me. We can see if we can help you. But without further ado, I want to introduce you to this week's guest. I'm so excited to get into her story because she really inspires me. So Gianna has been an eyelash extension specialist for four years. Uh, Her journey began with a lifelong passion for the arts, which motivated her to establish a career as a makeup artist. Uh, She soon discovered eyelash extensions and quickly fell in love with the process. An ever industrious self-starter, Gianna put in her time and effort to teach herself about eyelash extensions, social media marketing and web development and all that good stuff that you need to know as an entrepreneur, which I want to talk to her about. Her clientele grew and she was able to quit her primary job to focus on her lash business full-time. Gianna fulfilled her dreams just a year and a half later when she opened up Rebel Lash and Brow Studios right here in Chicago, which I reside in as well. She hopes to make a difference in her community by providing great service to anyone who sits in her chair, leaving them feeling beautiful, valued, and empowered through the entire process. I love it. So welcome, Gianna. How are you feeling today? Thank you. I'm feeling good. Excellent. I'm really excited to have you on the show. I feel really fortunate that we connected and we connected on the topic of spirituality, which is why you're here. And so I want to really start off with that question. Can you share with us what woke you up to having an awakening? I was always into spirituality and I think a big one was I actually went to Aveda and for aesthetics. So I did that and they work with the chakras and they do a lot of energy work. And our teacher was actually a Reiki master. So that was like the first look into spirituality that I had. And it was just always also intriguing to me the way that like the energy work works and like the chakras and it just, it really sparked an interest, but nothing to... I don't think that really moved me enough, but it was there, definitely planted the seed. And then just after that, I went through life and I was in like a bad relationship and there was just stress from that, stress from opening up the business. And I felt like I was just on autopilot. And then finally, after the business was open, 
I had taken a break from dating. I had obviously ended my last relationship and then started dating again. And really what pushed me into this spiritual journey was one relationship that I had that ended not even poorly, I would say, but it just like it tore me up inside and I didn't understand why. And so I started just digging and and asking questions and researching all kinds of like attachment and why is this something that is is tearing me up so much like why can't I just let this go and move on and heal and I'm like what is going there's something going on inside of me that I know I need to to look at so I started doing all of this digging and I stumbled across Matt Kama he's a spiritual healer and I found his like shadow work course. I found his inner child work course. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing because I always believed you can trace all of these issues back to childhood. And I have like significant moments in my childhood where I know these experiences, these traumas, they created patterns, but I just didn't understand why. And I'm like, I know that I have these patterns that I need to break. And I think because I had, again, went to Aveda and had all of these kind of experiences with my teacher, all these spiritual experiences. I'm like, this feels like the way to go. This feels like the direction I need to go to fix all of these things. The inner child work and the shadow work seems like a way to get to the root cause of the problem. And I had done regular talk therapy and it just, in the time that I, I did that for two years. And I ended up doing this, yeah, I ended up doing this course with Matt for eight weeks and it was a group course and there were like 60 people in this course. And I just doing all of this spiritual work, I think I made way more progress than I did in two years of just regular talk therapy. So that just completely sold me. And ever since then, I just, I just keep learning and there is just so much to get into with spirituality, and then so much to learn about yourself and so many patterns that you didn't realize. And a a big thing for me is recognizing experiences, like specific experiences in my childhood and how they affect you surface level. But then I feel like you re-experience them and you keep finding ways that they have created patterns or have affected you in your life. You're like, oh my God, I didn't even realize. Like I knew that was the thing, but I didn't realize how deep it was and how many different ways it impacts you. It works. So it, I, I, again, I was sold. <laughs> I guess my question for you, especially for those that are listening that may have this feeling of, I have anxiety or depression, or I went through this breakup. I need to see a doctor for that. I need to see a specialist for that. I can't go and take a course. This person isn't qualified. Maybe somebody's thinking that. I know I went through a period of time where I thought that. And then on the flip side of that, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. I'm thinking, who am I to even teach that? I'm not qualified. So can you share in your experience, what was the difference seeing a a traditional therapist who's qualified versus this course, especially in a group setting with all these people and it wasn't one-on-one attention? How come that was more effective for you in eight weeks? than having this one-on-one talk session. Gosh, I could really go, I could really dive into that. In my opinion, I think the difference is, the, the biggest difference between traditional talk therapy and therapists or psychologists that have gone to school, which I have so much respect for. So I say this with 
the most respect possible. Like I, I get it. I, I just think the difference though between that kind of therapist and then a spiritual guide or a spiritual coach is the experience that each person has had. It's one thing to go to school for eight to 10 years and learn about these things, read about these things in a book. And it's a completely different thing to experience them in real life. And I think that was the biggest reason why I saw this person when I saw Matt on his like YouTube channel and he's talking about all of his stuff and he's talking about his experiences and his journey and his traumas and he's opening up and he's showing you this is what I did and this is what works. And when you go to a therapist or a traditional talk therapist or psychologist, you don't get that. And I understand there is, they want to be a sounding board and they don't want their influence to experience you. But it's funny because personally, my experience, the last therapist that I had naturally brought up her experience. We're human. Yeah, we're human. And that's, I think that's so important to remember that we are all human and it's okay. Like now I look at her and I'm like, I understand she was going through something and she probably needed someone to talk to, but maybe she wasn't in a place where she could give good advice to me in my situation. Matt was just so much more appealing. This spiritual like healing and coaching is so much more appealing to me because you can see this advice and these techniques and are all applied in real life and you can see that they actually work. It's so funny. Now that you've just said that, I just realized something. I feel that when people who are spiritual and they're sharing their traumas and they're sharing their story as a shopper, if you're shopping around with, okay, who do I want to subscribe to? In essence, you can almost use discernment and you can see who you resonate with. Who, who do I want to go with? Whose story do I resonate with? Whereas with a therapist, you can't really do that. You're only going off of what school do they go to? What are their credentials? What do other people say? What do their reviews say? But really that's just based on their experience. That's it. It's not really, there's no backstory on who they are really. So I don't know, maybe there's something to it. If, if their story and their traumas and their backstory resonates with you, you can see where that advice is coming from. Do you think that has something to do with it in your opinion? Oh yeah, definitely. That was one of the things that attracted me to my coach as well was some of the things that he dealt with and some of the traumas that he experienced. And a big one was like binge eating. That was one of the things that I was YouTubing. I'm like, how do you, I immediately started searching his channel for all of the stuff that I was going through and everything was popping up. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like he also, I, him and I both have a religious parent. And so there was a lot of shame and guilt around like relationships and sex. And so that was a huge one. And just the relationship he had with his father seemed to be pretty like in line with the relationship I had with my mom. And so it was very easy to talk to him and not feel like ashamed. You know what I mean? When you go to a traditional, or for me in my experience, when I had gone to traditional talk therapist, there was a level of like embarrassment there. Oh, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to talk about this. Is this normal? Like whatever. Right. And then with this, this healer, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not the only one. It's amazing. And again, like being in that group, which to me was so crazy that we can be in a group on a zoom call once a week. 
and have that much more impact because you're right. finding these like-minded people and you're finding people that you, you feel comfortable being vulnerable with and you get on the camera with him and you're sharing your story and people are sending you like hearts and love. And so it's, it's that whole vibe absolutely that you're attracted to and things that you resonate with that I think are. That's beautiful. Can you share with us what your awakening looked like in stages? Because I know for me, it wasn't all love and light for sure. There was definitely like it was up and down and you go through different things that you discover like veils are lifted. So I would love to hear what that looked like for you. Yeah. The it started with that relationship that I had mentioned, the one that kind of sent me into this distress. And it was mostly like in the beginning, a lot of sadness, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. And then I had to do some digging and then I'm pulling up all of these issues, these patterns, these traumas. So then there's more, there's more sadness there's more shame because not only are you ashamed of kind of, or was I ashamed of what I did in that moment? But then also when you realize why you have to look in the mirror and admit, I had to admit that I was wrong about a lot of things. I had to admit that these were pieces of me that I needed to, to look at. And I needed to, to, I don't want to say fix, but I, I had to accept them and learn how to work with them. Integrate. Exactly. Integrate. Yeah. Yes. So. Then after you get into the habit of doing that, it became a little easier for me, but that was just so superficial. So I knew there were, there was so much more beneath the surface and what ended up happening was I'll just share a little, I'll give you a little context, right? Like I'm not close with my mom at all. At this point, this was like March. We hadn't talked in, I think two years or a year and a half or something, completely blocked me, like no contact, nothing. So I was like, this seems it's probably an issue. So I'm going to, I'm going to dig, <laughs> let's figure this out. And also her relationship, like the dynamic that her and I had greatly impacted the way that I would deal with like men or significant others. There was this like narcissist empath kind of dynamic between her and I. And so I would always treat men the way I treated her, the way I was conditioned to believe that I needed to treat her. So I'm like, let's, let's keep digging into this. And then what ended up happening was I started just qu questioning everything and questioning, like, why am I opening a business? Why do I like doing lashes? Like, why am I doing all these things? What is my purpose? And I realized a huge part of the reason why I even opened my business was because I thought I had to do it for my mom for her to love me. I'm like, I have to be successful. She was always very education focused. And I always felt like I needed to be smart, articulate. I have like such OCD with like spelling and just literally everything because my mom always pushed that. And it's good and bad. It has its pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I was like, why did I open a business? Why did I, do I even like doing lashes? I don't feel this passion anymore that I once had. I just don't feel like doing anything because nothing is fulfilling. So then I just went down this rabbit hole and I ended up realizing, actually I met someone, I don't know if he was being creepy or I don't know. So <laughs> I'm going to call him. We get on the phone and we're talking and we talked for four hours and he's, it sounds like you're going through your dark night of the 
I started Googling Dark Knight of the Soul. Like, <laughs> like losing my mind. I feel completely lost. Like I felt like my soul was removed from my body and I was just like floating in this, I don't know, just nothingness. I'm like, what is happening? And I just, him and I talked about like my mom and like all these traumas and, and relationships that I was in. And then the next morning I was like, I'm going to call my mom. <laughs> so I called her and I was like, the whole point of me calling her is to not get closure necessarily, but I think the biggest thing with being an empath, like for me, I was always like the empath or I was always, yeah, the victim though. I had to remind myself like, yes, I'm empathetic, but am I also being a martyr? Mm. And so that was also part of the conversation that I had with this guy. So I had to catch that. Like I've been in all these relationships and I was always like being nice to the other person. And I was always the loving one and the caring one, but also I was doing it because I wanted to be the victim. Like I stayed, like, why did I stay? If some, if I'm so nice and this person's so mean, then why did I stay? And then I realized it is like a martyr thing. When it's, it's also being in that like relationship with a narcissist, there is this fear of, oh no, they're going to leave me. So I have to be nice. I don't want them to, to leave me. There's this like abandonment piece of it. Anyways, I called my mom and I just sat there and I listened to her and I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna listen and whatever she has to say, hopefully she'll tell me why she's upset with me and why she blocked me. And I'm just gonna own up to it and apologize because that needs to be a part of my growth. That's a huge piece of just letting all of that go and accepting that this was a part of me. This was something that I did no matter why, that is a pattern that I need to break. And so she talked at me <laughs> for a long time and I just listened and I took it and I was like, you know what? I'm really working on myself right now. So I appreciate you telling me that. And then I told her, I was like, mom, I do need to, to tell you, like, there were a lot of experiences in childhood and I named two very specific ones. And I'm like, I need to tell you that this had a huge impact on me and I'm tired of being afraid of you and feeling like I can't bring these things up. Like I need to start setting boundaries and standing up for myself. That was kind of the point of that conversation. Yeah. And then after that, it was just ups and downs with the spiritual awakening. It's you feel good and you feel liberated because you've expressed all these things and you feel like you've uncovered stuff. And then you meet someone or you experience something that triggers you. And then you're back to, oh my God, what happened? Where am I? What is going on? I need to try to fix stuff and you're confused and then you figure it out. And so it's just this, like this process. And I just have to keep reminding myself, I have been living these unhealthy patterns for 28 years of my life or 26 years of my life up until this kind of started. And it, it, they aren't just going to go away in six months, a year, two years. And part of my, one of my like patterns is perfectionism. So that perfectionism has allowed me, I think, to excel in my spiritual growth. But also now I'm learning literally today, I was journaling about this and I'm like, you know what? Just relax. Like it is okay. Everything will happen in due time. I feel like sometimes I'm so hard on myself. I think a lot of people are, you feel like, where am I supposed to be? And then couple that with my feelings of, I have to be perfect or I'll be abandoned. And it was just, 
a lot of accepting, like now it's just self-acceptance and it's okay that these patterns are part of you and you can, you can look at them and, and we can work on them and it's fine. <laughs> I can relate to so much of what you just shared so much. I went through five years of not talking to my mom. And so I, I feel you, it's definitely tough. And I feel like us having this conversation, I probably should reach out to her. I've, we talk now, but it's not good. We don't have a great relationship. And something that I realized, and maybe you can share your thoughts on this, but I'm actually curious to hear your thoughts on this, is I had a really big epiphany in my journey. And the epiphany I had is that everybody operates at their level of consciousness and where they are in their growth journey. And my mom isn't necessarily on a spiritual journey. I don't think she ever has been per se. And so I remember the last time I saw her was about uh, two years ago. She visited me in Chicago and she's been pretty much a lifelong alcoholic and she was always in denial of it. And finally she admitted it to me. I found literally alcohol bottles underneath our couch. I was living with roommates at the time. And I remember just being so disappointed. Jeez, you come and visit me and you can't. And finally she was able to admit to me that she had a problem. And even though at the time I felt a lot of disappointment and judgment, I also felt a lot of pride because I was like, wow, she can admit it. And in that moment, I remember she told me, she said that when she had me very young at 17, she was like, I don't feel like I've aged past that. And so for her to say that, and she really meant that, I was like, wow, I, it clicked for me that some people are at a level of consciousness and th that's it. And there's no judgment there, although often we judge, but I'm, I'm guilty of that too. When somebody can actually say that, and in, in this instance, that was my mom, that was such a huge moment, such a huge aha moment that I was able to remove a lot of disappointment and judgment. And so now if I don't hear from her or whatever, it's okay. I have to remember that one sentence of, I don't feel like I've matured past that age. When I had you at 17, I instantly became an adult and I coped through alcohol. And I was just like, whoa, that's such a crazy statement. And so I'm like, maybe that's the case for a lot of people. And that's why, that's why they turn to whatever coping mechanism they turn to. And so I'm curious if you felt that maybe not even with your mom or with other people, is that something that you can relate to? People operate from their level of consciousness. Has that helped you at all? Or are there other things that you use as tools to remove yourself and look at someone like, wait, this is just where they are. Can you share that with us? Yeah, that's definitely one of the things that I have to remind myself. People only operate at the level of consciousness. And even for myself, when I'm trying to practice forgiveness with myself and acceptance with myself, when I feel like I made a mistake, we are all operating from the level of consciousness that we are at and with the tools that we have in that moment. So absolutely with my mom that happened, my relationship with her is a little different. She doesn't admit to things. She doesn't apologize to, for things. She doesn't own up. So it was really difficult to forgive her. And I actually ended up getting on another conversation with my friend in Australia. And he explained that to me. He said that she had her own shit that she was dealing with, that she has her own experience. And I was like, oh my God, I was actually telling this story the other day. It's funny how the universe works. Her and I have been in inconsistent contact since I called her in March. And I was like, I know I need to forgive her. So I'm like, I text her. I'm like, mom, can I write you a letter? Can I email it or send it to your house? Whatever. She's like, yeah, you can email it. Sends me her email. The next day I text her. I'm at work. 
And I'm like, hey, mom, uh, all right, I'm going to email you today, whatever. The text goes green. We both have iPhones. She blocked me again. <laughs> I was so mad. And I was like, I'm trying to apologize. Like, I'm trying to forgive you and all this stuff. And then when I got on the call with my friend, he's, are you trying to forgive her for you? Or uh... you forgive her? because you want validation and approval. You, want her, you want approval you want her to love right. you again so funny though the next day and obviously like it clicked and i was like oh yeah so okay fine i forgive her <laughs> <laughs> inside and i was like you know what like she just for whatever reason she blocked me that's it's not on me and i can only do the work here so the next day she texts me i was at work and I just didn't have any service. And that's why the text was green. <laughs> wow. See? But it, yep. But it forced me into that lesson. And then actually being, the, so I have a 10 year old son. And that's funny that you said that because it made me realize, I was thinking this morning, I'm like, there are, there are some inner children there that need some soothing. And I also had my son at 17. And... I realized that too. I instantly became an adult. Mm -hmm. And you think you're, you're like, by what standard? Like an adult is, I can't do kid things anymore. And I have this person that relies 100% on me. And I forgot that. I forgot that I was still 17 and I was still dealing with all this stuff. And I just had to completely put it aside. And I, I feel like because I, I was still able to work and take care of everything and whatever, and, and I was fine that I'm like, I, I was okay. I, I made it, but I'm like, I still have all this shit that I need to deal with. I didn't deal with when I was 17. And my mom, that was another time where my mom stopped talking to me and was in and out of my life. And I didn't get to deal with that because obviously I was, I was a mother. So right. I never, that's really funny that you said that. Yeah. 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 It, it was humor. The biggest thing I always heard over and over again is I wish I had you 10 years later. And it's as much as I know she didn't like, that's not a nice thing to hear as a kid. Yeah. That's okay. Thanks mom. And I, there's a lot of things that she said that were hurtful. Again, I have to remember now as an adult, it's like she was a kid. Like I feel I'm 35. I feel like a kid on many days. So it's, I can't even imagine having a child. So I have a lot of empathy and understanding now in hindsight, it's like, okay, she did the best she could with what she knew. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot of patience and understanding. And a big one that I had to also embrace, especially after my divorce, is that you have to be able to forgive without forgiving someone, without them knowing you forgive them. And that was huge for me because exactly to your point, are you forgiving so that they can then give you validation or approval or are you forgiving for you? And then to take it one step further, once you get to a point of being able to remove all judgment and all labels, you get to a point where you don't even need to forgive because if you need to forgive, then you were still coming from judgment to begin with. So it, it's, it goes in layers. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's so interesting with having an awakening. It's almost like and unfolding. It's like layer upon layer. And so I'm curious to know, where are you now in your spiritual journey? If you could share with us what you're doing now, are you still working with that coach or are you still in that community? What are you doing now to keep yourself centered and, and grounded with all of this? So I worked with that coach for, it was eight weeks back in, I think it was March. I took a little break 
And I just practiced applying all of the tools and things that I learned. And now I'm working with another coach. Her name's Nicole London. She's amazing. And we're doing one-on-one work. So I just, I used all of the, the things that I learned with the first coach and I am just going in and working out all the last like few kinks and yeah, just, I filtered out some of my friends. I I really make an effort to surround myself with people that are like-minded and that will help keep me centered. But I still, I, I, I still have the same, I still have the same friends because I do have to remember that like judgment thing. So there's a, there's a, like a piece of that reminds me to check my triggers. I'm like, if I'm friends with someone and I'm like, ew, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Like, <laughs> Why is that? So it provides like a mirror for me. And then it also reminds me to not be judgmental and to have more compassion and understanding and to just practice acceptance, accept my friends for who they are, accept my friends for where they are. And I think that is a huge part of healing the collective. I talk about that all the time now. And I'm like, we have to heal inside, which for me is that like practicing that acceptance and non-judgment and just unconditional love so that other people can, you invite other people to heal too, I feel like. So that's where I'm at, just working out these last few things and just doing a lot of journaling and really being mindful and acceptance, that self-acceptance is a big one. I love that. What advice would you give to those that are listening that are like, okay, accept my friends where they are. I love that advice, by the way. What advice would you give to those that are going through an awakening that have maybe this personality, which is very much me, by the way, that are like, but I just want to wake up people. I just want to tell them, yeah. oh my gosh, don't you see? How do you suggest others share what they're going through? So for example, here, let me word this better. Say, for example, you have a really close friend or a sibling and somebody that you're close with and you don't want to necessarily no longer be friends with them, but you can tell that the relationship is becoming a little, for lack of better words, toxic. And maybe they're really into complaining or they're very negative or, no, for example, you're an entrepreneur and they're doubting your dreams and you're trying to go for this and they're, oh, what are you doing? But you don't want to sever that relationship because you guys are best friends. I'm just giving an example. What advice would you give to a person that's listening to this, that's going through that and you're saying, accept them for where they are? How would you handle that? So the biggest thing I think about is the way people that were maybe a little bit further along the spiritual journey than I was, the way that they spoke to me. And I always remember them speaking in such an embracing kind of way. And their advice was always very light because it couldn't handle anything deeper. Okay, please give examples. Oh, examples? Yeah. I don't know any examples of, because I wasn't aware. I wasn't really aware until that. But I can give you an example of how I do it with my friends. Okay, please. Yeah. (laughs) I have a really good friend of mine. I love her to pieces and she's in a toxic relationship and her and I talk about it a lot. And now I'm in a place where my cup is full. And so I feel like I can hold space. I can hold so much space for people now. So I listen and I listen from a place of understanding she's where she's at right now. So Mm -hmm. I have to accept that. And I give her advice sometimes. It's very minimal. 
And there are just like when you're having the conversation, like this person just hasn't gotten to a place where they're going to even be able to comprehend what I'm about to explain. So I think every situation you do have, it is discretionary, but with her, I'm trying to think of something more specific for you. (laughs) I don't know. I guess maybe I'm a little more upfront with her than. than I guess basically the the takeaway I'm I'm giving is use discretion. Don't throw too much at people at once because then the message may get lost. Yes. And I think another thing to remember is you don't want the person to feel shameful or guilty. One thing she said to me was, Hey, I'm telling you about all this stuff. I'm being honest with you. And I was like, it clicked to me. And I was like, first of all, yes. I'm like, I appreciate that. And I'm like, I actually, what my first response was, you don't have to tell me anything because you have to sit with all of this. So I remember that. And then because of that, I when you tell me things like, I don't judge you. I understand this is what you're going through, but I just, I want you to see. So yeah, I think being discretionary is, is a big one and just knowing who you're talking to. And then I think distance is the other thing. You don't have to completely sever the relationship. And I find that just distancing myself and sometimes you have to let the other person just sit with whatever it is they're going through. I have a, a really good friend of mine and, um, I just keep the relationship to a minimum because there is a lot of like complaining and negativity and things that you you mentioned. And it also depends on where you're at in your spiritual journey. I think for me, there were friendships that I had to definitely just completely sever because it was just way too triggering for me. It was just way too negative. And it was, I was trying to move this way and this person's pulling me back. And I'm like, I just Mm -hmm. need to, to cut ties. I think, yeah, discretion. Okay. Awesome. So I want to switch gears a little bit and and really talk about your entrepreneurial journey, because I think it's super inspiring, especially because you have a background in the service industry, which is my background as well. And can you share with us exactly how that happened and what advice you would give to those that are listening that may be in that same position of thinking about starting their own business, but not exactly sure how to go about that and just what that journey looked like for you? So I just, like I said, I'm a perfectionist. So it was difficult for me to get the ball rolling. And once I realized I was a perfectionist and really what I was doing was procrastinating. I think we procrastinate a lot in order to completely avoid failing. So I had to be real with myself and I was like, you know what? I keep saying I want to open a business and I did it with like my website building. I did it with Um, my marketing, I, I spent so much time perfecting. I was like, I want to open this business. I've done all these things already. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to find a place. I'm just going to sign the lease. I'm just going to, and then all these like steps, they kept falling into place. And I think that is the best advice. Like just do it. I think we wait until we feel like we're 100% prepared, which is never, there's a lot of learning as you go. So keeping that in mind for me, I just, I worked from home first, so it was easy for me to build that clientele. So that was a sort of okay. like safety net where I knew if I'm opening up this business, I already have the clientele or have the income for this. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That was my biggest thing. Like, how did you just take this leap of faith and <laughs> okay. So you had a plan. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and... yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had a plan. I, I feel like you have to come up with an outline, not just go into completely 
blind, but I found the space and I, I knew my clients like lived in this area, right? It's in Lakeview. And I knew a lot of them lived in Lakeview Lincoln Park area. So I had, I had that. I knew that the area was a nice area. I knew that again, that I had the clientele, so I would mm-hmm. be able to maintain, I, I had to do some like number crunching and figure out if I open up this space, what's it going to cost me? But I didn't let that, what is it called? Intimidate me or overwhelm me is the word where we become obsessive. So mm-hmm. I had to draw a line in the sand where I was like, okay, this is enough preparation. We know that this can work. So let's just, let's do it. Wow. That is impressive. That's amazing. That's awesome. What has been the biggest shift this year with obviously the changes that have happened? Did you have to pivot at all or has thing have things just stayed the same? Oh, with the, the pan- pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I definitely had some time to sit with myself. I spent a lot of time just not even really focusing on my business. And that was in March with all the like spiritual awakening that I went through. So I was actually the first year of my business. Now I look back and I realize I was depressed and I had anxiety. And so my business kind of just, I it went to shit. I, I wow. wasn't getting clients and I was just like, oh my God, that was also part of the reason why something is going on because I'm just not right. And so the, yeah, I just shifted the focus onto fixing myself. What do I need? What do I want? And it was nice to have that little break of with the lockdown because I was able to focus on that. And then now that I've figured all that out and I've done all this work and I've gone through this journey, I feel a lot more, again, like my cup is full and now I can give attention to my business again. And now we're picking back up. We have another girl coming in. We just launched product. So it was extremely beneficial. I will say, I think sometimes we get discouraged on the spiritual journey, but it is so beneficial. And it's like the cold shower. It sucks for 30 seconds and then you're fine. You feel amazing afterwards. Exactly. I love that. With that, I want to, I want to wrap up this episode and I, I ask everybody these two questions. And the first question, because you mentioned the cold shower, do you have a routine that you uh, do in the morning? I know you mentioned journaling, but do you have a set ritual or some things that you do that kind of sets the tone for your day that you can share with us? Yeah, I I really, when I wake up, actually at night, I have more of a routine where I plan my day, I plan the next day. That's when I'll do my journaling. That's when I will like meditate or do some yoga. And I will really think about, reflect on my day and then think about what I want the next day to look like. And then when I wake up in the morning, I have my to-do list. I like to make sure everything is prepared for the day. So I have somewhat of a schedule that really helps me a lot to make sure I get all the things done that I need to. I make sure I don't overwhelm myself with adding too many things on that to-do list. And then, yeah, I just, I wake up, I actually do oil pulling every morning. (laughs) Oil pulling. Yeah. With the coconut oil. Okay. Okay. Swish coconut oil around your mouth for 20 minutes. It's not, okay. but <laughs> I've never heard of this. Okay. Yeah. Then I drink a huge glass of water. I have this actually like gallon thing that I got for Christmas. So I drink, mm-hmm. I try to drink like half of that. Wait, we have to pause. What are the benefits of oil pulling? Never oh. heard of this. <laughs> so it's good for like detoxing in the mouth and oil hygiene. And 
I read like it whitens your teeth too. And I read that you have a, there's a ton of toxins that sit in your tongue. So it helps to remove those. And then you're supposed to brush your teeth and scrape your tongue. Mm -hmm. so you're not swallowing all those toxins. I guess it's the way that your body detoxes. So you wow. want to flush all that out. Mm -hmm. And any specific type of oil? I use virgin first pressed organic coconut oil. And then you just swish it around for 20 minutes. Yeah, you take like one or two tablespoons and swish it around 20 minutes. Yep. <laughs> wow, see, I learn something new every time. That's why I asked that question. Awesome. Yeah, okay, yeah. please continue. Yeah, so that's a big one. And then drinking a ton of water. And then I actually fast too. So I try to fast until noon or so. I stopped okay. eating at 7 p.m. And then I, I try to fast until noon. And that's usually my like routine. And another thing that I do that I love is I don't set an alarm unless I have to, I'll set it for eight o'clock maybe so that I can just make sure I'm up. But every night I go to bed, 10, 11 o'clock and I just wake up and it feels nice to just naturally wake up, meditate a little bit in bed and think about your day or whatever, and then go from there. So it's nice. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Very cool. See, that's why I'm glad I asked that question. I've learned yeah. so much from other people and I've implemented so many things. I'm yeah. going to try that. Wow. Oil swish. See, I did not that. Wow. <laughs> just blew my mind. Last question I have before we wrap up is you can share with us just some words of wisdom that you are leading your life with. Maybe some advice you've heard or just something that you hold near and dear to your heart. Just something that you can share with us before we, we wrap up this episode. My favorite quote is one that I learned from Matt, my first coach, and he would always say how you do anything is how you do everything. So that's my favorite. <laughs> and I try to live by that. And I think it just really touches on patterns where these patterns show up and just being mindful of that and paying attention. And then again, like just self-acceptance and forgiveness. That's really what I try to live by lately is fully accepting where we are and all of the things that we may feel like our mistakes or whatever are just such a crucial part of our growth. And if we didn't have those experiences, if we didn't make those mistakes, then would we have learned the lesson? And I think fully accepting that, fully just accepting things for what they are. And that includes like friends, partners. I think that is, I think it's huge. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yeah. Last but not least, I definitely want to just talk about your business. And we're going to just put this up on the screen really quickly. And I appreciate you giving a special discount code for those listening. So if you are in the Chicago area, you can go to www.therebellash.com. That's the rebel, R-E-B-E-L-A-S-H.com. You can enter code VIBEQUEEN, all one word, uppercase for 15% off any lash service. Anything else you want to mention about your business? I know you said you have some products that you launched. Yeah. So right now we just do lashes and brows. So yeah, you guys can totally come in, get the 15% off for any lash service. I will actually put the code in there too for brows. And then our product is actually for lash artists. So if you're a lash artist, we just launched our own lash trays. Like super excited about that. Very cool. That's awesome. Very cool. And then if people want to follow you, I'm going to put up your social media as well. And so that's at underscore uh, Gianna Mia or M-I-A. So G-I-A-N-A-M-I-A -A -A for those of you listening to the podcast. And I'm putting it up on the screen as well. And uh, yeah, 
I appreciate you coming on the show. I know we're going to stay on touch and perhaps I can have you on again. So thank you again, Gianna. I really appreciate getting to know you. Yes, it was amazing getting to know you too. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear your feedback and thoughts on the show, as well as any topics you would like for me to cover on solo episodes. Please just book a time with me using calendly.com slash vibequeen slash let's vibe, and we can hop on a phone call. I can get to know you and connect directly. I look forward to hearing from you, and until next time.